If I can do it, what's your excuse? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? Go on and do it. What's there to lose? If I can do it, what's your excuse? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as The Blind Blogger, and this is another episode of What's Your Excuse, where I try to help you overcome the excuses that are holding you back by sharing conversations with people who have overcome adversity, thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, struck out on their own and started a unique business, or have real-world actionable advice to share with you. And I often sometimes bring in people who I personally find interesting or inspiring. You can find the podcast at theblindblogger.net. You can also find it along with the other shows hosted by people with disabilities at wyexcuse.com. And you can always just say, Alexa or Google, play What's Your Excuse? I do want to invite you to visit our sponsor, Blueberry.com. Blueberry.com, without their financial and technical assistance, um, we wouldn't be able to keep doing the podcast and the network. So if you're thinking about starting your own show or you're not happy with your current hosting provider, please do check out Blueberry and there will be an affiliate link in the show notes. And then as far as Max goes, if you want somebody to get you booked on podcasts and radio shows so you can share your story and promote your business or promote your passion, then I hope you will consider hiring me to do the outreach for you. And you can find out more about that in the online publicity tab. Okay. So today I have a, I have what I think is, is going to be a very inspiring guest. I think we're going to have a great conversation. His name is Gary Foster, and uh, he is uh, visually impaired. He's a retired entrepreneur, uh, husband, father, grandparent. Uh, even in his retirement, he's continu- continuing to work in what some people would think are very challenging, if not dangerous, uh, occupations. Uh, namely, uh, namely his woodcraft business and even a log mill. We'll find out more about that later. Uh, we're going to talk to him about losing his vision. Uh, talk to him about the product that he uses called eSight that has allowed him to regain a lot of useful vision and how that continues to change his life today. And, uh, Mr. Foster doesn't have a website. He is encouraging y'all to visit the website for eSight, which is eSightEyewear.com. So, Gary, uh, thank you for coming on the show, and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Gary? I'm just fine. I'm, I'm looking forward to this discussion. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, you gave me kind of the short version of your life story last week, and uh, I just knew that we had to get more into that for the audience and, and really let them understand that uh, at all these different places in your life, there was really no reason for you not to continue doing the things you love doing. So uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about your, your background and, um, and those, those years when you were growing up and uh, eventually to the vision loss. Okay. Well, um, I've always been uh, really in love with the outdoors um, and I've always loved woodworking and, uh, as I was growing up, I, I moved out of the city, moved up into into cottage country in Ontario, and 
um, just really took advantage of being outside. I, uh, I became a licensed electrician in, in Muskoka, Ontario, and that led me to a lot of opportunities. Um, and I ended up, I, was, I, I did a lot of hunting, I did a lot of fishing, I did a lot of traveling, but I ended up moving to the Rocky Mountains, to Banff National Park where I initially started as the chief electrician for the Chateau Lake Louise. I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with that place. Um, but while I lived in Lake Louise, I had many opportunities come my way and I took advantage of all of them. I, I was the justice of the peace in Lake Louise for 28 years. I was a captain on the fire department. It was a volunteer fire department. Um, I, uh, I was a member of and chairman actually of the town council and uh, just any opportunity came my way in a small town like Lake Louise, you wear a lot of hats and you have an opportunity to try many different things. It was a great place to raise my family. I ended up working for the Sampson Cree Nation from central Alberta, uh, again, though, in Lake Louise. And it was very lucrative for me. And um, while I was doing that, I, I took advantage of a lifelong ambition and became a pilot. And uh, ended up owning my own small airplane and flew all over the Rocky Mountains, and I loved it. And then I ended up working for the federal government, and I was the operations coordinator for all of the uh, highways through the Rocky Mountains that were in national parks. And during that time, uh, oh, and stayed by, I have to say, I always kept my interest in carpentry and had a woodworking shop and made furniture and stuff. I just love working with wood. I've built houses. But while I was doing the job for the federal government, I lost my eyesight. And when I lost my eyesight, um, I ended up uh, losing my job because in my position, I had to have a valid driver's license to be able to, uh, you know, travel all over the area that I was responsible for. It took more than one day to do that. And, um, and then when I lost my job, I, uh, I couldn't live in Lake Louise anymore because to live in Lake Louise in a national park, you had to be gainfully employed. So once I was no longer gainfully employed and they put me on permanent disability, we had to leave the mountains, uh, left my family, left my career and moved into the city, which is something that I certainly wasn't happy with. And then I just, it spiraled down from there because there was nothing for me to do. Uh, my vision got so bad that I, I couldn't, do my woodworking and I, I I was my wife was going to work every day I mean I, I'll tell you I learned how to cook <laughs> my wife was working every day I'm cooking and I'm cleaning the house and I had the nicest looking yard on the street but it just wasn't enough for me and it, it was really tough for me to give up all of those activities and uh, and I just didn't see what the future held for me Right. Well, during those difficult times, was was it your wife? Was it faith? What was it that allowed you to just keep going on until uh, until something better may come along? <clears throat> well, I got a lot of encouragement from my wife and my family. We're a very close family, and um, I, they they all wondered what Dad was going to do because Dad was so active. Um, but they were always encouraging, a lot of love in my family. But given that I was so independent and so uh, adventurous, um, there weren't a lot of opportunities 
for me where I was living. I started joining a litter pit group, which was funny because I couldn't see anything except the big stuff. (laughs) (laughs) People walked behind me and picked up all the stuff I couldn't see, but it got me out of the house. And, uh, and I learned how to use the transit system, but it was, it was difficult because I couldn't read, you know, what bus, what, what train, you know, what destination, I couldn't read anything. So I was always having to ask people, uh, is this the bus for so-and-so? And um, it was awkward. I, I, I tended to stay closer to home because it was awkward, unless I was with someone. If I was with someone, I could go anywhere. But um, I ended up joining the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, Um my wife, my sister, and I, we all became ambassadors for the CNIB. And, uh, and we basically gave motivational speeches and, uh, you know, discussed, uh, you know, tried to help people that were following in, in my shoes as far as my lack of eyesight was going and try to encourage people to take advantage of, you know, what tools that were available through the CNIB and that kind of a thing. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you, I would imagine there wasn't a lot of resources in the vision impairment community for somebody who was used to being so active and so independent in, in these outdoor activities and arenas. No, there was nothing, actually. I mean, I, I had what typically people end up with. I had a big CCTV in my home so I could, you know, read my mail. Um, but you can't carry that around. And I had, <laughs> I, I had magnifiers so I could... I could look up close and, and, you know, see like, for example, I, I still wore a watch at the time, but I couldn't see it without my magnifier. And then I ended up getting a talking watch from that I bought at the CNIB. And, you know, that, that allowed me to do a little bit more, but I mean, I couldn't even use my, my uh, appliances at home very effectively because I, I just couldn't see, I'd have to climb up on top of the stove with a magnifier to see what the setting was. And that didn't work really well. So um, no, there weren't a lot of uh, options as far as, you know, day to day stuff for me, for someone like me. Right. And um, I'm aware that the technology has improved a lot, but that would also apply to your woodworking tools. Yes. um, I, with my woodworking tools, um, I, I tried to stay active with my tools but as my vision got worse, it, it was just too dangerous. And quite frankly, that, that was really discouraging for me. I mean, I have a fully stocked wood shop with all of the woodworking tools. And um, we were talking about selling them because it was just too dangerous for me to use them. I, 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 was, I had tools that I, I hadn't looked at for years. Uh, for example, uh, if I... I could turn on, I could operate a chainsaw, but if anything happened with it, I, I couldn't fix it. I couldn't sharpen the chain. Um, it wasn't a great idea to be doing, you know, certain yeah. And, activities uh, yeah, I know. you, and, and you with don't a, see very well. Right. And with a chainsaw, there's always the possibility that a piece of wood or a piece of metal or something will break loose from your project and you have no way to dodge. Well, that's right. And I, I got the scars to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, so I can, I can hear the frustration in your voice, even though this is no longer the case for you. I can just hear the frustration of having this room full of wonderful toys and no way to play with them. Cause I've been there myself, not, not with woodworking toys, but with other kinds of toys. So <clears throat> why don't you tell me a little bit now about how you found out about, uh, about eSight and 
just to remind y'all, their website is eSightIWord.com. Tell me a little bit about how you found out about eSight and the story about how you finally uh, finally ended up getting one. And I think this is just a wonderful story because it really talks to the, the strength of your relationship with your wife. Well, I was at a I was at a convention uh, with the CNIB. It was the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and there were lecture halls and there were vendors there. and And my sister, uh, who um, is a year younger than I am, uh, she she was just starting to get a touch of macular degeneration, but she she was still driving and working. Everything was fine, but she became an ambassador because we were my mother's caregiver as she went through her journey with blindness. And uh, so my wife, my sister and I were all ambassadors for the CNIB and we were at this convention and I was sitting in a lecture hall and my sister and my wife came in and said, you got to come out into the hall. You got to come and see this vendor. He's got these glasses and he says, you're going to be able to see. And I have to tell you that I tried all kinds of stuff and I, been knocking on my doctor's door saying there's got to be something and he kept saying I'm sorry there's nothing I'm aware of and so for me to leave that lecture hall that I was interested in it was a tough go but you have to know my sister and my wife <laughs> I wasn't allowed to sit in that chair <laughs> I got, I got a brother in the hall I got a brother a- Michael like that out in Florida <laughs> he can make me do anything I don't want to do yes yeah well, when I got out of the hall, there was a lineup of people in front of this one booth. And there was this uh, really large fellow holding up these glasses. It looked like a video game thing, a uh, gaming device. And and people were just walking up and looking through it. And he'd let you look through it for a few seconds. And then he'd say next. And when it was finally my turn, um, I walked into the glasses, literally walked into the glasses and looked through. And he was talking to somebody else because he was that busy. And my wife said, what What can you see? And I, I couldn't believe it. I said, I see your face. And she started to cry. And I looked around the room and I said, I can see everybody's face. And then they heard next as the glasses were pulled <laughs> away from my face. <laughs> and my heart stopped. It was like, well, I'm not ready. <laughs> So away we went, we talked about it, I was so excited, and after the the, uh, the lecture was over, we went to the vendor, and we went into one of their uh, lectures, and we listened more about the product, and I went up, and I, I, I was so excited, and I said, how much do these cost? And he said, $15,000 US. Now, I'm I'm unemployed. <laughs> And I, I said, thank you very much. I'm very proud. I, I didn't want to seem shocked. And we got out of there and we talked about it. And I said to my wife, man, that's just too expensive. So I kept thinking about it. I started researching it. I was looking online. I was finding out stuff. I went to my retina specialist again. And he said, I'm sorry, Gary. I've never heard of this device. Well, we flew from Calgary, Alberta to Toronto, Ontario to meet our new granddaughter and Eastsight just happened to have their head office in Toronto. And I said to my wife, would it be okay if we just kind of went up there and had a talk with these people? This was months later. And my wife was very excited. She said, of course. So up we went, did a full evaluation and it absolutely it was way better than I could ever have imagined. I read to the bottom of the eye chart. 
I was standing on the sixth floor looking down the street. I could read the names of the businesses on the front, on the storefronts. I just couldn't believe it. And the whole time I'm going through all of this, it was set up so that my wife could see whatever I was looking at on a monitor. <clears throat> and she was very emotional. She just couldn't get over it. So finally, after it was all this thing, it took about an hour. I said to the woman, and, and how much are they now? <laughs> and she said, well, they're, they're $15,000 U.S. And I said, well, th thank you very much for this opportunity. This was wonderful. And I took the glasses off and I set them down and I'm edging to the door. And my wife said, what are you doing? And I said, well, we, we found out what we needed to know. And she said, aren't you going to buy them? And I said, Tammy, that's $15,000 U.S. And she said, well, what would you do if I needed it? I said, well, if you needed it, we'd buy it. And the, my wife looked at the lady and she said, do you take American Express? <laughs> that's how I got my first set of e-sight. Uh, that is so crazy. Yeah, and uh, and just I, I know that you are, are not a technology expert, but you were the uh, – the director of the co of the coaching program for Eastsight at one time before your retirement. Can you kind of like give the thumbnail sketch of how these glasses work for people like you? Absolutely. Um, it's primarily designed for people with central vision loss. And the way the, the, the camera in front of the, of the glasses, it takes that image and processes it and sends it into your eyes and in such a way that your eyes are receiving more information than they would without the glasses. And you can manipulate that information in that you can magnify it. That's 24 times magnification, which is incredible. I mean, I, I, I you know, my grandkids think I, I'm like a superhero with my vision. <laughs> and what it does is I can control contrast and I can control brightness and I can control, like I said, magnification. And it, what it does is, if I was sitting across a dining room table from you without the glasses, I would certainly know that there was someone in front of me, but I wouldn't be able to see any features on your face at all. As a matter of fact, if I'm sitting in the living room across the room, when I'm looking at someone, I, they don't even have a head. It's, it's kind of weird. Takes some getting used to, but when I put the glasses on and I'm sitting across the table from you, through the the wonder of how this sends that information to my brain and magnification, I can zoom up and count your eyelashes. I mean, <laughs> not only can I see your face very, very clearly, I, I have magnification available to do well a lot more than that. If I'm sitting in a crowded room and people are farther away, I can zoom up on any individual that I want to focus on, or I can back off and see a group of people. I guess what I may not be saying very well is that that central blind spot for me is pretty big. But when I wear the glasses, I can shrink that to where that blind spot is imperceptible. Okay, so it's focusing the images to the parts of the eye that can process the images the best. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes, it, it's it's giving my my eyes more information, able to send more information to the brain, and then by like I said, by manipulating that image, um, I can just see more and more and more as I need. And and I one of the things that I tell people to help them understand 
how good this is for me. Um, if I was holding a needle and thread and, and I looked at the needle and thread, I wouldn't see the needle and thread. I mean, if I brought it really close to my face, I, I'd see a blurry something in my, in my vision. But when I wear eSight, I can thread a needle easier than most people because I can make that so large, that image so large that it's like putting a rope through a donut. <laughs> it's, it's that easy to do. And so with things like fishing, which I really miss doing, if I broke my line, I couldn't redo, I couldn't rethread the line through the hook. Now I take my e-sight out in the boat and I keep it in a waterproof bucket and <laughs> I fish. And then if I do break the line or I want to change the bait or something like that, I just put the e-sight on. I do what I need to do, cast line back out in the water. And then I take my e-sight off and put it back in the bucket. Okay. All right. Um, for, and this generally works for people who have, peripheral vision, but have decreases in central vision, correct? Primarily, yes. I'm, I'm fortunate in that my, cent- my peripheral vision is pretty good, but you can't focus with that, obviously. I mean, you, you just can't. So what eSight does is it gives me uh, the best of both worlds. Um, when, when I'm, uh, there was, there's a lot of electronic devices out there now, but you when you put them on, you have no... Um, you know, relationship to what's going on around you other than what you're seeing through the lens. With eSight, because my peripheral vision is still available to me, um, it's completely mobile. I can walk along wearing, I can walk through a mall and I'm seeing a crowd of people walking towards me just with my limited normal vision. But if I want to see the faces of those people. I wear the glasses slightly tilt up so I can look under the glasses for my normal vision. And then when I look up through the glasses, now I see what you see, what or what anybody with normal right. vision would see. Right. So, right. I, so if I see a crowd of people, I can zoom up and say, oh, that's so-and-so. So it it's not awkward to walk around with it or in. It's completely mobile. I go shopping with it. I travel around the world with or no around North America with it. <laughs> unassisted, I might add, because I can do that. I can go to the airport, wear my e-sight, I can read the departure gate, I can read the boarding pass, I can do everything. And I do it, I do it regularly, unassisted, because with my e-sight, I'm I don't really have a visual handicap. Right now, the are you are you wearing the eSight today? Yes, I am. I'm wearing it right now. Um, with this program that we're on, um, I see you a, a a video of you, a live video of you, and I'm watching you right now. Okay, and so you uh, the the best. So are you just seeing just me, or are you also seeing the room behind me? Right now, I've got it zoomed up so I can see your face very clearly. So what I'm actually seeing is I'm seeing you shoulder to shoulder and and from just below your chin to just above your head. Okay. All right. Okay. So with the eSight, um, you're able to, to, to go back to some of your previous activities that you enjoy doing and... <clears throat> So how has it affected, say, your um, your time with your wife, Tammy, and with your with your large family? How does that come in here? Well, I we regularly used to attend the hockey games 
that my grandsons played in and loved it and stopped doing it when I couldn't see them anymore. And, and I missed it. And I remember when we got to Eastlake, one of the first things I wanted to do was try it at a hockey game. So the family was there and, and my grandson was playing. And because it was a first time for me, I decided that I'd go to the, to the very back of the bleachers and just kind of, you know, I didn't want to draw too much attention to myself. I wanted to see if this was going to work for me. And I was standing up there for quite a while when my son approached me. And he said, well, Dad, can you see Simon? And I laughed and I said, I can see the puck. I said, I can, I can see him. He, he always wore different socks on his leg, on his feet, different color socks. So one leg would be one color, the other would be another. And that was just his hockey good luck thing. And I could pick him out instantly and I could watch him all around the ice. I could back off and I could watch the play, but I could zoom right up and I could see him. I could see his facial expressions while he was playing. I mean, it was phenomenal to me. And this was the first version of Eastside I had. This is back in 2015. And I mean, it's it's gotten better since, but I was blown away. And I started going back to the hockey games again my grandson at the time was 10 years old and all of his little buddies, they, they were fascinated that this, this blind guy was there watching them play with this magical device. And they were always interested in, can you see this? Can you see that? Like I kind of became a a celebrity to these little kids and I loved it. And it got me. So I was engaged with my family again. And I mean, it was just fantastic. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, and you know, I'm thinking about this. I, you know, you, I was listening to you earlier and I was thinking, you know, the, the one thing that people with vision loss have in common with say somebody who's, who's suffering with cancer is is we are always looking for that next uh, amazing device that may allow us to see again, or that may allow somebody to be completely healthy again. So the eSight has worked for you. Do you think that you would have made this much of a recovery in your personality emotionally if you hadn't found Eastside? Or do you think eventually you would have, you would have found some middle ground between uh, the, the adventurer you were and the person you that you know, at later in your life? Well, I'd like to think that, that I would have found my way, but it wouldn't be the life I'm living now. I mean, that's absolutely for sure. I wouldn't be enjoying the activities and the hobbies that I'm doing now. Um, I wouldn't have met the people that I've met, done the traveling that I've done, and I love to travel. Um, I just, I would never just sit at home on the couch. I've not been that kind of guy, but, but I was certainly not very happy. And my family told me that as far as they were, they were concerned, I was, starting to get depressed and I wasn't myself and I was withdrawing a little bit. And, but I can say with Eastside, um, I, I, I do everything I used to do before, except I can't drive a car and they won't let me fly a plane. And I can't imagine anybody wanting to get in a plane if I was the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you I would go. I mean, I've, I've done crazier stuff than that, so it wouldn't bother me one bit. I mean, because um, I, I haven't I haven't enjoyed flying in commercial planes lately because they seem to be so concerned with fuel costs that they 
they take forever to get to get up to cruising altitude, and that makes me nervous as somebody who can't see what's going on. <laughs> um, but so so Eastside is probably a, a very good option for those people who they just can't see themselves as being the same person after after vision loss. I mean, this is you know there there are, there are people who they lose their vision, especially if they lose it earlier in life, who they are going to 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 find a way to be that person again. But there are lots of people who are in the same spot you were in where, you know, it's so much a part of who you were that it's just really hard to see yourself, uh, to self being a happy person again and living with vision loss. So in the, for, for that group of people and for those who their vision loss is central, not peripheral, uh, eSight probably is helping a lot of people. Well, I can say that one of the things I, I'm really impressed with what eSight can do for people is I've seen a lot of younger people, uh, people in elementary school even, who didn't weren't able to sit in a classroom with everyone else and see the blackboard and read the, the printed material and that kind of thing. And I've watched those people when introduced to eSight go back into the classroom do everything that everybody else is doing in that classroom. They can read the same book. They can see what's on the blackboard. They can be involved in the same activities. And one of the things I love about that is it gives those people, those children, the opportunity to be virtually like everybody else. It opens many, many doors for their future. I've coached uh, university students that are wearing it and college students that are wearing it, high school students that are wearing it. And to see the opportunities that they're going to have now because of this technology, that just just warms my heart. I mean, there's nothing like someone being able to, you know, have an opportunity to do something that they really want to do. Sometimes they didn't even know what they wanted because they didn't know it was available to them. And as they have their own, you know, journey, their own exploration of what they can do when they start to use this technology. That's with younger people. With older people, it's getting back to things that they loved to do. Um, playing cards with their friends, uh, seeing the faces of the grandchildren. Um, it, it, you know, with, with people, you know, that are still working, you lose your eyesight like I did and you lose your job. If you work in, in an office and your eyesight, you're starting to lose your eyesight, your central vision, and it's just becoming impossible to do your job sitting at a computer, for example, I can tell you that once I was wearing eSight, I worked for two years in an office where I worked every day at a computer, eight hours a day, just like a normal person in the office, I could walk over to the photocopier, use the photocopier, sit in the lunchroom and, you know, share, you know, stories with my coworkers and look at photographs of their children. I could do all of that kind of stuff. So I don't care what age you are, what part of your life journey you find yourself in. Um, this is an opportunity to, to really fill in the rest of the picture, if you will. Yeah, I like that analogy. So, uh, so why don't you, you know, let's let's talk about how you know for you, uh, Eastside has allowed you to go back to the the carpentry, the, the woodwork that you used to love, 
and uh, I and I talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, when I had the East Light, I was doing my own exploration around the house and everything. Um, and my wife, who it just is so loving and so worried for me, um, I waited until she went to work one day, and I went out into my wood shop, and I couldn't wait. I wouldn't dare do this with Tammy around because she wouldn't let me. <laughs> and I went out there and I'm looking at all my tools and I thought, where do I start? So I put a piece of wood in my wood lathe and I turned it on and I thought, I'm just going to just make this square block round. It's all I wanted to do. Just see if I could still use my wood lathe. What was interesting is I could see the point of contact between the chisel and the wood. Absolutely crystal clear what I wasn't prepared for was that hand-eye coordination becomes a little different it's a bit learned I was closer to the wood than I thought as I approached it and as I moved forward with the chisel it jammed into the wood pulled the chisel out of my hand and flung it into the wall my heart stopped and I'm standing there looking do I still have all my fingers and and it it's a good thing Tammy wasn't there. That would have been the end of the journey. But I backed off and I realized, okay, I, I got to learn to judge distance. So I picked up that chisel and I turned that square block into a round piece of material. And that started my journey getting back into the, all of the woodworking tools that I've ever done, that I've ever used. And I can do any and all of the projects that I did before. I spend a lot of time in my wood shop and I make all kinds of things. I mean, I, I, a lot of times I'm just designing things, building it, and I'll give it away just because for me, the journey was making it. And uh, so my friends and family and neighbors all enjoy uh, woodworking projects that I've done. And then when I retired, the cost of wood was getting to be pretty crazy. And, I live in the country now and I just found myself with all this time, all these tools and, and not a lot of money to be buying wood anytime I felt like it. So I, I stuck my neck out a little bit and I bought myself a small wood mill. A friend of mine has a lot of property with a lot of trees and I got back into the chainsaw. I go out with the chainsaw. I drop the tree limit. Put it, we, we put it onto a trailer. This is just my wife and I. Pull it back to our place where the mill is, load it onto the mill, and I am cutting all of my own dimensional lumber. I'm, I'm loving it. It's my favorite thing to do right now is to go logging, get a bunch of logs, come back to my sawmill. My neighbors think I'm crazy. Um, I have no problem doing it. I can sharpen the chainsaw. I If something goes wrong with the mill, I fix it myself. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm doing that pretty much any time weather allows, I'm out at my mill now. So I've got all this wood that I can make things with. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm in my retirement and I'm having the time of my life doing what I love to do, working with wood and I get to mill my own wood. Yeah. And I, I think you said something the other day about how, um, you have always worked with wood, and so you working with wood with with Eastside is one thing, 
But if somebody hasn't worked with wood or heavy machinery before and they're wanting to do it with their e-site, um, uh, that's that's probably something that wouldn't work out too good, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I see a huge disclaimer here. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, this is stuff that I've done all my life. There's a lot of muscle memory involved. There's a lot of experience involved. And, and it, it enabled me to get back into what I did. I would not suggest that someone who's ever never done this stuff, they get an e-sight, they go out and start working with power tools and chainsaws. I would never suggest that. I do that because I did it all my life. And, and as a matter of fact, as a coach, when I was, when I was teaching people, I would always ask first, what do you miss? What did you do that you really wish you could do? And a lot of times, um, I'll just relate a story. One of my favorite clients, she was 84 years old. Um, she, She loved to sew. She just, that was her thing. She loved to sew, make things. And she couldn't do it anymore. It was impossible for her to do it. And I understood that. And I... When I was doing my coaching with her and evaluating her, and I was as I could understand what she could see, because when you're coaching someone with eSight, we can connect remotely to their device and see what they're seeing in real time. So even though she was halfway across the country, um, when we were coaching, I was seeing what she was seeing with her vision. So it helped immensely for me to understand if she was, you know, focusing it right and that kind of thing and it got to the point where she was very reluctant she felt that she was just too old to learn new technology and and she was I think a lot of people think you just put this on and away you go there's some teach there's there's some training involved and she started to respond very well and I finally realized I had no doubt that this woman could be sewing again. And it was near the end of her training. And I said, I'm going to give you some homework. The next time I call you, you're going to tell me you've threaded a needle. And she laughed. She said, that's impossible. I can't do that. I called her a week later. She was so excited when she picked up the phone. And she said, well, I I didn't believe you, but I did thread a darning needle. She said, "And, and, and I was so pleased. And I couldn't wait to tell you, but I was afraid to tell you when you called today that I didn't thread a sewing needle. So I thought I better try before you call because our call was scheduled for 10 a.m. She said, and so I got a needle and thread. And she said, you're not going to believe it. I threaded the needle. And I said, Frida, you can do anything that you did before with your sewing. And now you know if you can thread the needle you can do the rest of it. And to me, um, she got her life back. Or at least she got a part of her life back that she was really, really missing. And as a coach, nobody can understand this more than someone who wears the device, has gone through this journey themselves. All of the coaches at eSight are all legally blind. They've all wear eSight. They've all had their own journey. And that makes them the perfect trainer for people to learn how to use it to, this device. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it does. That uh, does make you pause to think that that's possible. So, uh, are there things that uh, 
people can't expect Eastlake to do for them? Are there things that you can tell me straight up just to, just so people will know that isn't possible? It comes right down to the individual and their their abilities, their, their visual acuity. Comes right down to that. Eastlake doesn't work for everybody. I think our success rate with macular degeneration is, I think it's well over 80%. But depending on the acuity of the person, um, there's always going to be an improvement, but it depends on what you've got to start with. Um, in my case, my acuity without eSight is 2,400. And yet I can still, and, and I've, my eyesight's gotten worse over the years. I'm wearing my third generation of eSight right now. And, but I can still read to the bottom of the eye chart. It just means I'm using more magnification to do it. But there are people that will only ever maybe be able to read large print. It might take them down to 2040 or maybe 2060 from wherever they happen to be. But that means that they're going to, no matter what, they're going to be able to do things that they couldn't do without it. Some people just want to sit and watch television. Some people want to do crossword <laughs> puzzles or play cards with their uh, friends. I mean, you know, yeah. it, 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 people get different levels of success. Um, I've worked with people that have been, it's been phenomenal. I've worked with other people where it's been a real struggle. And I can tell you that we've tested a lot of people where the device, the device doesn't give them enough improvement to make it worth their while. So it all comes down to whatever acuity they have left. Right. I was I was getting a chuckle when you said all they really want to do is to be able to watch television because uh, I can't tell you how often my mom and is frustrated because she has to sit right in front of the TV to see the to see the puzzles on Wheel of Fortune and the on Family Feud when the guy at the at the end when they reveal the answers that nobody got. The crowd always shouts out the words, but they shout them out together, so she can't understand what they're saying. So it's like half of the like half of the answers. She'll uh, she's like, Max, what did you just say? I'm like, I didn't understand them either. And so you know, you're right. Sometimes it is just just that simple because even that much of a change, even being being able to sit a regular distance from the television and be able to read the lettering on the screen could make a big improvement in somebody's enjoyment of life. Well, what's interesting about that, and that you're right there, but what's interesting is eSight is capable of hooking up directly to the television. So you can put a feed in through an HDMI cable, and now your screens in your device become the television screen. So in other words, the TV could be across the room, but you don't even have to be facing the TV anymore. You can get comfortable, lay back in a chair, and you're watching television through your eSight. And you can manipulate that image just like you do normally. You can do that with a television. You can do that with a computer. Uh, most video devices that anything with an HDMI output, you'll be able to hook up to your eSight. And now the screens in the eSight become the screen for that device. So it's really easy to do something like watch television. That's a shame that you can't, uh, that there isn't a Bluetooth option so that people can connect it to their phones. Well, as a matter of fact, there is. My, oh, okay. Mine has a Bluetooth option. And for example, I could be home and, and 
my wife could be off shopping somewhere and I can connect to her iPhone in real time and she can see on her phone whatever it is that I'm looking at through eSight in real time. I tell you, the more I hear about the interconnectivity of, of eSight, the more I think this this should be the basis for a for the plot of a science fiction novel or an ex- espionage thriller. You know, <laughs> hey, Covert Affairs ran three years for that blind guy that was a, that was a CIA agent. So who knows? You know. <laughs> well, I can tell you, having that capability of uh, of seeing the the, the 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 device through a phone, for example, um, even if you're a parent. And your kids are at school and, you know, and, and they want to connect with you at your job or you're at home as a parent, whatever, uh, something's going on. Um, they can see what their child is seeing in real time if they want to help them do something or the child just wants them to see something that they're involved in or an activity that they're participating in. I think that's fantastic. You know, you just make that connection and, uh, and now mom's sitting at home looking watching her on on her phone or her iPad for that matter, or her computer screen, however they want to do it. Um, Because of the Bluetooth, you can do that. Yeah. We just went through that here at our house Um, because my mom cannot really easily see the photos of her kids and grandkids on her phone. uh, My brother bought her one of those large digital picture frames. And so now people in the family, they send the pictures to that account. So she can see them on a much bigger scale than on her phone. But it's, you know, it sounds like something, you know, just like that. I can only imagine how many pictures she has on her phone that she would enjoy seeing again if she could see them. So um, who knows? I, I, I don't know it. I, I, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sound mean. I don't know if at uh, her age, the way she has had some struggles with uh, new phones, I'm not exactly sure about Eastside, but the more I listen to you, the more I'm thinking that maybe we should see if there's somebody in the Houston area where she could get an evaluation. Absolutely. I would highly, highly encourage that your, your mother try. I mean, I think our oldest client was 102. Um, <laughs> you know, it all depends on that individual person, you know, what, you know, what they're looking for, how, how, you know, how, you know, how much vision they've got left and that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of my clients, my favorite clients were always clients in their, in their eighties. They were always my favorite as a coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and their families were usually involved. There was usually a family member there while they were learning and that kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it was just, I, I would say if, if this technology would work for your mother, it would be fantastic for her to be able to try it. And it's an easy thing to be able to try it. You can just contact uh, eSight Eyewear or eSight Eyewear.com. You can contact through them and they'll set you up with uh, if, if there is anything local, if not, they can even send it to you. You'll be connected with a coach. Uh, you know, the coach will work with your mother and probably a family member to start with, and they can do an evaluation and see if this is going to work. I mean, that's all available. What eSight wants more than anything is for the people that can take advantage of it to have the opportunity to do it. That's what eSight's all about. Okay. Well, that's a great mission for a, a organization to have. And since uh, you brought it up earlier that the original cost was 15000 and the second time you went, it was 15000 
And I know prices change based on generations of technology and, and availability of of the of the parts that go into a device. What is uh, the range, say, of what an eSight would cost today? Well, um, I I think it's fifty three fifty US. But Roland, can you uh, can you chime in there? Sixty nine fifty US. Fifty nine fifty. Okay. okay. Roughly $6,000 U.S. And I was meaning to address that earlier. You know, for those of y'all who are not from Canada, when he keep, the reason he keeps mentioning U.S. is not because of the exchange rate. It's because for most, most of the, you know, the last 30 years, it, it's been more expensive for Canadians to purchase things in U.S. dollars. So 15000 U.S., could could be could take a much bigger bite in a Canadian's pocketbook than it does a U.S. person's uh, budget at that time. You know? At that time, for me, it was nineteen thousand dollars Canadian. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I I tell you, I've really enjoyed hearing your stories, and um, it's it's great that you know your your wife was on board and, you know, basically she, she pushed you into doing it and it's turned out so well for you and your family and also for for eSight, because it sounds like y'all have had a, a great partnership over the years when you, when you were part of their, their team. Well, I, there, there's, if, if I've got time, there's one more story I'd like to share. All right. Well, we will definitely have time for one more story. If we don't, we'll make time. Um, it's a great thing about not being live. Um, so just, you know, I know we've mentioned it several times, but I just want to make sure I get it in. Again, it's it's eSightEyewear.com. So so let's uh, send them off with, a, with another good story there, Gary. I was traveling with my wife and my, my daughter, her husband, and my sister. We were on a cruise ship. And this was my, this is the, probably the second year I was wearing eSight. And it was really exciting to be, traveling and being able to see again and I was all excited about this trip but the dining room that we were sitting in um, there was huge huge tables round tables and we were we had a designated table and there was three other couples that sat at that table with us great big huge round table and I was sitting there looking at over the menu with the glasses and there was a woman there with her husband she was an older woman I'd say probably around 70 and she told me she thought I was being rude because she thought that I was actually sitting there playing some kind of video game at the table. <laughs> and, and she was very abrupt. And, and I, I just said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm actually legally blind and I'm using this to read the menu. And she just, she had this look of disbelief and my family, they they were a little upset that this woman was basically attacking me, but nobody said a word and I never needed to be defended. And um, she said, well, would that work for my husband? And he was sitting right there. He was a very quiet kind of guy. And I said, I don't know what, what, what is the problem? What's his visual problem? Well, he has macular degeneration and, and I don't think it'll work for him. And I said, well, actually, ma'am, I have macular degeneration. And if you want, I'll put my eyewear on your husband and see if it will work for him. So I got up and I took it around. Now, now do understand that back in those days, I had a prescription pair of glasses that still worked somewhat for me that were incorporated into the e-site. So I had to remove those because that wasn't his prescription. 
And so I put the glasses on his head and I, I showed him how to adjust it. And he just fiddled with it a bit. And then he didn't say anything. And his wife said, well, does it work? And he just said, hand me a menu. And she <laughs> handed him a menu and he sat there and he started reading the menu out loud. And there wasn't a dry eye at that table. All the other couples as well. They were just, they were flabbergasted that all of a sudden this guy could read his menu. And that lady was really, really nice to me after that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I just want to share that because everywhere we go as a family, people approach us all the time, ask what I'm wearing, and we will, we're excited to be able to share our experience that tell them that, you know, the technology that's available everywhere. My wife and I go, we talk about this all the time and it's, it's, it's exciting to us because it's done so much for our whole family. We want the same for anyone that can take advantage of it. Well, that's a wonderful attitude to have. And I am glad that, uh, that, you know, that you are, uh, you're, you're really enjoying your life. Uh, I think you're a great example because uh, far too many people sighted or visually impaired, uh, they get to a point in their life where they think, okay, it's time to take it easy. But, you know, you're continuing to find things that bring you joy and to, and to do them on a daily basis. So I appreciate that. I think that's very encouraging. And I want to thank you for spending some time with me and my audience here on What's Your Excuse? Well, it's been nothing but a pleasure for me. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Well, I appreciate you sharing your stories. And um, I'm hopeful that after after people hear this, we're going to have at least one or two new stories to tell for Eastlight. Hope so. I think we had another great conversation today and, you know, I think that the important thing to remember here today is that all of us are individuals. Some people that lose their vision or have an injury and become paralyzed or people who lose their hearing, you know, some of those people because of their lifestyle and because of how they were raised, they will find a new path or they'll find a different way of walking their existing path. And there are other people who, because of the way they were raised and how they're used to living their lives, that vision loss can be very discouraging, even depressing. And there are more than a few stories out there in the world about people losing their vision or having other disabilities uh, who contemplate suicide or, or even take their own lives. And so for some people, the idea that by uh, by adding a device like eSight, that they can regain some or all of the person that they used to be before they lost their vision is very attractive and even necessary. So I hope y'all appreciated Gary's stories and also the relationship he has with his wife. I don't know that I have anybody in my family that would say, Y'all take American Express? (laughs) Not for no $15,000. 
so I appreciate his stories and the way he's living his life. And I, I think in his own way, he's a great example. I mean, how many of you, even with the, even with eSight, even with re, re, regaining your vision or, or or recovering from some other type of disability, how many of you would have the guts to go into your woodshed or your carpentry or workshop, whatever you call it, and start working with power tools? I mean, that's the courage. Uh, so I hope that we've all learned something about uh, Gary and about ourselves and about people in general, like I say, some of us, uh, we find a new way. Some are lucky through the wonders of technology to be able to do what they used to do with, just with a little different help. And, and I feel like we made a friend today with Gary and his wife, Tammy. I feel sorry. I really apologize for not getting her on screen with us too, uh, because, you know, that's a big part of his life. Husband, father, grandfather, outdoorsman. All right. I hope y'all really enjoyed our conversation with uh, with Gary. And uh, if you have somebody in your life or somebody from your work who could benefit from their product, I hope you'll check out eSightEyewear.com. And, uh, of course, don't forget the podcast, TheBlindBlogger.net or go to wyexcuse.com and uh, find my show over there. Or you can just say Alexa or Google Play, what's your excuse? Uh, I do hope you will check out our sponsor, blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. If you are considering starting a podcast or if you want to change your hosting company, they're very great uh, Partners with What's Your Excuse, couldn't do this without them, especially their technical support, because trust me, I am not a tech person. <laughs> um, also want to ask you to, to check out crystalcreekorganic.com. They are not officially a sponsor of the podcast, but I have personally benefited from using some of their CBD products, and they are all organically sourced. So maybe you'll give Crystal Creek Organics a look. And... If you need somebody to get you more exposure by booking you on podcasts or radio shows, again, you can check out the online publicity tab on theblindblogger.net. All right. I appreciate your time and your patience and your understanding. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. And I know that you have a lot of options for what to spend your time on. So thank you for being with us again, once again, on another episode of What's Your Excuse? So until next time, next time, Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away to what we put off to tomorrow as fine we come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide.